all the 41 construction workers trapped in a collapsed tunnel in Uttarakhand for 17 days were successfully rescued late on Tuesday evening as the experts drilling a rat hole through the rubble reached them. Who could have thought that the banned practice of rat hole mining would come to the rescue of the laborers trapped inside the tunnel? Hi there, this is Navodita Ganguly. Business Line's Rishi Ranjan Kala joins me to talk about the rat hole miners, their special skills, and more. Listen in. Hi Rishi, thank you so much for joining us. Hello Navodita, thank you for having me. So Rishi, you have been covering the Uttarakhand tunnel collapse very closely. I mean, that must be a lot. It's very overwhelming to cover something like that so closely. On that note, I just wanted to understand what exactly happened. So, you know, uh, basically there is a project by the Ministry of Road, Transport and Highways, which is called the Char Dham Yatra. So basically it covers the four, uh, you know, Tirth Stals across India and two of his, two of them are in Uttarakhand, which is the Badrinath and Kedarnath. So this tunnel is, this is a, a more than 500 meter long tunnel. Uh, the whole, whole uh, structure of this tunnel spreads over almost 1.5 kilometers. Now this tunnel is on the route which connects the Chardham road to Kedarnath. And it goes through the district of Uttarkashi. Uh, Uttarkashi is roughly, uh, say, 150 kilometers from the state capital, which is Dehradun. Now, what happened is this tunnel was under construction. And by construction, I mean that um, the concrete laying over the tunnel was happening. Uh, on November 12th, which was Diwali, uh, there was a landslide on the upper reaches uh, of the hill below which the tunnel was being constructed. And the debris from that uh, landslide fell on the tunnel concrete canopy. So canopy is the part which covers the top uh, bend part which you see and that broke and uh, and the debris broke through the canopy and uh, filled out on the uh, what now you know as the Silkiara site. So the Silkiara site, this rubble blocked the entrance and at that point in time, there were 41 laborers, which included two supervisors and a, and a deputy supervisor. They were trapped inside. And uh, this happened uh, around late afternoon, early evening uh, in uh, on November 12th. Uh, post which uh, the uh, National Highway Authorities of India, which is the agency which is uh, uh, conducting uh, that construction, they got into action and raised the uh, emergency levels. So the National Disaster Response Force and the State Disaster Response Force were put into action. So uh, so uh, on November 12th, after this mishap happened, those 41 laborers got trapped and the state and the National Disaster Response Force were put into motion, which then... Um, which then uh, alerted various arms of the government. So in such calamities, uh, in the hilly regions, the border roads organization was first put into action. And then subsequently, as the center stepped in, we saw Indian Air Force, Indian Army, Defense Research Development Organizations, 
all being put into action. And then the subsequent exercise led to this 17 days rescue, which happened. And finally, they were they were uh, rescued on uh, yesterday night. Understood. I mean, how I mean, how was it for you to cover it for 17 days? It sounds like such a horrifying story while the end was good, but still it must have taken a lot. I mean, uh, initially, you know, uh, even as a reporter, when you understand that uh, huge and this this was a big mishap, if you look at infrastructure techniques, because tunnel is always a very complicated piece of engineering, a complicated piece of civil engineering. Uh, and that too, on uh, this tunnel is almost uh, a little over 1,100 uh, meters above sea level, which is roughly where uh, a lot of our listeners would know where Nanital is. The Nanital is almost at similar height. Uh, what made it more difficult was that there had been rains and the whole, uh, whole area was very slippery. So when you first approach it, the, 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 the monstrosity, monstrosity of the mountains, uh, the, the, the terrain, the inhospitable climate. And plus with that, uh, when as a reporter, you're following it also on social media, the whole feeling is very overwhelming. So I think the first, uh, first five, six hours, you know, for me, it took me almost five, six, um, almost a couple of hours to figure out where do I begin to start, you know, uh, uh, talking about whether I should begin with what has happened or what, whether I should begin with how many people are trapped inside. Uh, because for an infrastructure reporter, bo uh, you know, it becomes really overwhelming when this this rescue operation takes national proportions and and there are uh, infrastructure yeah. experts coming in, there are political mm -hmm. people coming in. So, so from that perspective, you know, it really becomes difficult and the terrain, you know, further ac exacerbates the feeling. Of overwhelming. You know, mm -hmm. So now talking about the rescue part. Um, finally, it was a it was a rat hole miners who finally were the heroes of the rescue operation. Mm -hmm. Who are rat hole miners? Where are they basically from? So lots of questions I have. If, if you could help me decode them. Yes. So I I mean you know first before we talk about the heroes of this show. Uh, you know, let me tell you that uh, it's not just the rat hole miners because the sheer scale of this operation is not small. Uh, the Nahai chief uh, said that this is something which is on a massive scale. Just imagine that 18 government departments, seven government ministries, eight state governments, almost a dozen private companies were involved in this rescue operation. And all those was being coordinated by a daily coordination committee, which was headed by the road secretary. So just if you look at the scale of this operation and it has virtually run smooth. And let me give you an example. Uh, you know, when this horizontal tunnel before the rat miners were employed, an auger drilling machine was drilling this horizontal tunnel. Uh, when it got stuck um, in the debris, uh, it couldn't be brought out by any of the cutters over there. So immediately from Hyderabad and Nashik, plasma cutters were flown in. And these are quite a big piece of equipment, you know. So you fly them from an IAF plane to Dehradun and from Dehradun you go by road over the hill, just, you know, going up a thousand meters above sea level in a eight axle truck, which with loads of almost 30 tons carrying it over, it is 
a massive feat of uh, rescue exercise. So while rat miners are the heroes, you know, the whole people behind it, you know, coordinating this whole operation itself, it's nothing short of a national, you know, uh, relief operation in a national emergency. So, basically it's something that happened from top to bottom everyone was involved and yes. what went behind it yes I, I mean it was a brilliant piece of coordination right. but you know coming to riot miners uh you know who would have thought that uh you know some uh, a practice which is illegal and which which uh, arouses uh, strong political emotions especially in the northeastern states would finally be uh, would finally come and save these miners where you know almost all all sophisticated machinery in the world failed at that point so i mean uh, for rock for the rat miners it is sort of cathartic uh, but for the larger public um, it's something which is not imaginable I mean, most of us don't even know what a rat miner is. Who is a rat miner? Where are they from? And why is this banned in India? As you mentioned that it's banned. Why so? So basically first, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll just briefly you know, tell you about rat miner. So rat mining is a term is not just prevalent in India. Uh, so, so basically rat miners means uh, that they dig a hole which is big enough just for one person to pass. So if you look at a hole which a rat has dug, it's only big enough for the rat to pass or one rat at a time. So and the same principle works for rat miners. Uh, so uh, and in India, uh, largely, you know, rat mining happens in Meghalaya. And there is a reason behind it. Uh, though Meghalaya is not the major coal bearing state in the country, the major coal bearing state is Jharkhand and Odisha. Uh, but... <clears throat> Why rat mining happens more in Meghalaya and not in these uh, in Chhattisgarh is because the coal seams, coal seam is a wall of coal which you dig through uh, equipment and excavate coal. The coal seams are loose in Meghalaya, the Meghalaya forest, while there are much stouter in Jharkhand and Uttarakhand, so where more mechanized ways are used. Uh, number two, uh, in Meghalaya, it's a hilly region. And if you look at uh, uh, the terrain, the Garo and the Khasi Hill, the Jantia Hill areas, these are the hilly regions where, you know, effectively you cannot use a tipper. A tipper is a huge truck which carries the debris or the coal to the silos. So heavy machinery equipments can't be used. So in the last 30, 40 years, rat miners have been you know uh, employed to you know excavate coal in meghalaya so that's that is what uh, that is what which made this which established this practice the inhospitable terrain but later on you know as as mining developed mining science developed uh, it was discovered that uh, basically these miners since they at some points they even travel more than 250 feet inside a rat hole. Just imagine the kind of claustrophobia that could, uh, you know, arouse in you. Uh, they don't carry oxygen cylinders. Uh, they don't carry lights with long battery lives. So what happens is these people, they don't have masks. So they inhale that cold dust, uh, which leads to bleeding from the lungs. And and another part with this is that uh, in the last 10 to 15 years, more than 5,000, uh, around, I'm sorry, around 2,500 deaths 
are related to uh, rat mining where people uh, accidentally excavated a wall which was uh, which was stopping a water body people got drowned in that people fell in holes and died which you know prompted the national green tribunal in 2014 to ban this exercise and the and the term that they used while banning it was that this is unscientific why is it unscientific so so basically if today you look at uh, coal excavation practices uh, mechanized coal is you farm uh, mechanized coal excavators are used what these excavators do is usually there is a lot of dust which is uh, which develops when you are mining for coal now these mechanized things sprinkle water for example this sprinkle water on the surface before the coal is excavated which leads to lesser dust and all but with rat miners what happens is most almost 98 percent of rat mining is illegal in the country now what they do is they they approach a coal quarry from the outer side and from the outer side there are there are effectively there are two techniques of rat mining so one is a one is when you go sideways so what sideways means is you approach a coal mine from the outside and you sideways dig to create a channel which you then use to enter the mine and excavate coal and bring it out the same way so which is called the sideways uh, uh, method and which is the method which was used in uttarakhand if you look at the horizontal drilling which happened in the uttarakhand tunnel this was the sideways drilling now there is another uh, technique which is the box drilling so box drilling is this is the practice which is more dangerous and which is largely prevalent in Meghalaya. So what happens is you approach a mine usually from the top and from the top you dig a vertical hole and then you descend from that hole down and then you go horizontally. So it's like a, you go on, you first build a straight line and then you go horizontally that sort of so 90 degree angle and then you go inside digging and then you bring out coal. And this is the more dangerous method and this is where more casualties happen. Um, I have lots of things to ask, but just to start with, if you could tell me, while you did explain the process, if you could summarize how these people actually helped with the rescue operation. While so, you didn't talk about the technicalities, but just to... No, I'll, 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 uh, I'll make it as simple for our listeners to get. See, what happens is that at that place, I'll tell you where it happened. So... The first digging and this method was the most effective as has been proven now. So you, you approach the tunnel vertically, sorry, you approach the tunnel horizontally. And this time they approached it from the Silkiara end. And it was started by National Highway Development Infrastructure Corporation, which is an arm of Nahai. And they started this drilling through an auger machine. So auger machine is basically a driller uh, it has been used in various uh, uh, various um, infrastructure projects. For example, uh, in metro, in uh, Delhi metro, underground drilling was done using augers. Um, I, I am told Kochi also has uh, an auger drilling ha happened uh, for the metro in some portions. So the auger went in. Now, when the problem that with the, uh, the um, debris was that when the landslide happened, with the landslide, there were huge boulders. Now, what these boulders did is they damaged the canopy, uh, the concrete canopy over the tunnel. Now, this canopy is made of uh, rebars, 
uh, rebars and a lot of girders, which holds the whole weight of the hail and everything. Uh, so these all broke down and they fell on and they blocked the entrance. So what happened is when the auger went in, they were virtually going in in the dark. So the girders and these rebars and the boulders, they damaged the rotors of the auger. So rotors of the auger is the part which drills the, which goes through the mud and the muck and drills the hole. So those parts got damaged and not just damaged. What happened is that they got stuck in the, in the, in the girder inside, which was part of the debris. Now, you know, I'll explain to you what happens once the auger goes in and drills, then that debris which has been drilled has to be brought out using uh, using wagons and uh, using the auger, uh, 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 auger backup uh, container. After that debris is brought out, then steel pipes are, are uh, pushed in. So the steel pipes are pushed in using an auger machine, which also pushes in the pipe. Then the pipes are welded together. So a passage is created. When everybody used to say that the pipes are being laid, those pipes are the passage through which these laborers were brought out using a stretcher. So you need to weld those pipes. And that's quite a strenuous exercise because please remember they're doing it at 11, almost 1100 meters above sea level. What now the auger got struck and in the process of bringing out the auger, the rotors broke and got stuck in the debris. So for that, then those plasma cutters from Hyderabad was bought and the plasma cutters after cutting them, they brought them out. At that point, what happened is that since we were almost going in the dark and when we reached nearer to the laborers, that is where the more debris of uh, these rebars and girders and boulders was there. So I think it was a very good decision that was made that we used manual digging because because manually digging, you you have more maneuverability because auger is a huge piece of equipment and and as as you understand, it's a hilly area. Spaces are little conscript uh, uh, are smaller within the tunnel. So manual digging allowed people more maneuverability. While it is a difficult practice, uh, in this case, it really helped because the spaces were small. And why right miners? Because, uh, uh, you know, digging 200 feet below the ground, even without oxygen, uh, not many can do it. So these guys, and they were given oxygen cylinders, all the equipment, which, you know, really increased their speed. I okay, that's some very good detailed explanation. Thanks a lot for that. I hope our listeners will also have a better understanding from that. I just had one last question: the fact that rat, rat mining is illegal in India, and we ask them for help. Do you think there's a chance of it increasing now that uh, nationally also we are talking about it, or how how can the uh, entire process go forward? Will the government also? Uh, be okay with it? Will they will they be given more safety equipment? If you could shed some light on that, I mean, see, um, I I'll take a couple of minutes to build my narrative. Uh, I wanted to tell you, uh, make you understand about rat mining. So, see, rat mining, as I said, is not just prevalent in India. Uh, in Peru and Bolivia are two places, uh, two countries in South America, which is famous for gold, and two of the biggest gold mines in the world are in Peru and Bolivia. And both the countries are mountainous countries with more high, more treacherous ways than, you know, we face in Uttarakhand. 
there also rat mining is rampant and there also rat miners uh, go as down as 300 feet, you know, looking for gold. So, so the whole concept of rat mining is, is dangerous. Why? Because one, there is no established procedure to it. You do it whichever way you find it feasible. You, you, you can dig through anywhere. While in normal mining practices, there is first prospecting is done. Then, you know, through seismic data, you figure out where the deposits are, how to approach them. And this all entails finances and capital, which mostly rat miners do not have. What they have is their own human experience, which in most cases does not work when you're working in inhospitable conditions. So what it does also is that sometimes they they uh, they damage environment because they are not aware where if they are digging in a place where the density of the mud is higher and the slopes are loose, it can lead to landslides, as has happened in Meghalaya in several instances. So 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 with rat mining, the the main problem is that we do not have established procedure. Now I'll take you back to twenty fourteen. In 2014, when the National Green Tribunal banned uh, uh, rat mining, the term that you know came out and I was take away for everyone was it is unscientific. Why it said it is unscientific is that if you look at the majority of rat miners, these are poor villagers to, who do not have the financial wherewithal to you know say buy an excavator, which the cheapest one is is upwards of two crores. So most of them do not have that financial wherewithal to have equipments like, you know, helmets, gas masks, lights with uh, durations of as much as 24 hours because miners need that sort of light. And, uh, and let me tell you, I, I have uh, traveled 250 meters below the largest open cast mine in India in, uh, in Odisha. And it is very hot inside. The air is rare. And 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 you sometimes uh, lose your bearings. It is so hot and humid. It's very difficult. And just imagine I was just looking through. And for someone who is digging in that, you need specialized gear. Mm. So what happens is not just that they danger their lives. You know, almost half of the rat miners develop tuberculosis. Uh, and, and, you know, Indian popular cinema is full of... Uh, uh, cinemas like Kala Pathar is full of, you know, where uh, they've shown the plight of rat miners. And uh, because of the unscientific methods they use, uh, because of, uh, you know, um, they do not have the financial capabilities. Um, so I, I, I do agree with the authorities in this case, you know, unless until uh, we develop, uh, uh, you know, sound techniques which are environmentally friendly, uh, rat mining will continue to haunt us. However, you know, uh, rat miners have, uh, uh, they can be used in a lot of projects. For, for example, in relief and rescue operations, they in the past also rat miners have been employed in relief and rescue operations uh, in Chhattisgarh, uh, mine collapse, uh, small collapses, they have been used. What can be done is, uh, what I think can be done is that uh, we have a National Disaster Management Authority. Uh, they can have a, uh, um, you know, they can have a course where, you know, rat miners 
can be brought in and they can be trained further uh, you know for uh, for relief and rescue operations so we might not uh, be able to help them go to mining but there can be several employment opportunities in relief and rescue operations in uh, for instance you know the border road organization is building roads at as higher up as ladakh and almost uh, you know at 14000 square feet and there are several tunnels uh, uh, i think uh, for connecting jammu kashmir and yeah. himachal uh, almost four tunnels were dug and and these are the places where you know these uh, miners can be used for uh, for checking the uh, soil quality the the consistency of the soil uh, for which distance to travel so they can be employed in other sectors okay so basically we have a long way to go with regards to this on that yeah. note rishi thanks a lot for joining us thank you for your insights and while the incident was unfortunate I'm glad that it ended on a positive note with everyone being back. Thank you so much for your time. Thank thank you Nabudita. Thank you.